Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Hello everyone and welcome to the summer edition of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Roads. Now obviously it's been a very random summer hasn't it? There's been loads going on, we've got the Euros going on, we've had, it's all just been a bit crazy hasn't it? And it feels like it's just finishing and yet like the new season's going to be starting up soon so there's loads to be talking about but obviously we can't go any further without talking about the Euros. How has your summer been so far Ammo? And what did you make of all the football that was going on? Great, as I say, I caught a lot of it. Um, probably missed a lot of it with work as well. But, you know, as we were saying in our Euro special podcast, it's only time that you'll sit there and you watch Czech Republic, Czech Republic versus Holland and be really invested. So I have to get it in there very quickly that my team, Czech Republic, beat Danny's team Holland. <laughs> I'm sure people following social media would have seen that, which was um, a little bit of a surprise in the books. Um but yeah, no, it's been a good tournament. It starts off with the shock, really, Christian Eriksen, didn't it? It, mm. was, it was a bit of a, it was a shock what happened and, you know, just a shock to the system. And then I think it was a bit boring to start off with. And as as the tournament went on, it spiced up a bit. And there was some cracking games of football, which was great. Um, and I think, you know, it's a cliche to say, isn't it? No matter who wins the tournament, the best team won. But I do genuinely believe that the best team won the tournament, you know, from start to finish. I don't know what your thoughts on it was, but yeah, it's been a good summer. I have to give a shout out to um, Kent Skutsky, who will be on our podcast at some stage. Liverpool legend won mixed doubles at Wimbledon. Yeah. The first scout to win mixed doubles at Wimbledon. So fair play to Kent Skutsky and a uh, massive Liverpool fan. And uh, we're going to get him on the podcast at some stage. We've been chatting to him. So have to give him a shout out. It wasn't just the football, the tennis and as I say, the only British winner to see at Wimbledon and, uh, uh, you know, a, a local lad from the post. Shout out to Ken Scopke. But yeah, how, how how was your summer and how did you find the football, Danny? Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to throw in about the tennis because I know you're big into the tennis. Um, and to be fair, it was good. It kind of got lost. I think Wimbledon kind of got lost in the middle of everything that's been going on. Um, yeah. But it was, it was good to watch, actually. And yeah, I think it's been a summer of upsets. I think people are hoping that sort of the the Britain the British like sort of tennis players would do well and generally as you said apart from Skrubsky like generally they didn't Andy Murray kind of flopped again and, and all the rest of it um football for me like I obviously I said now Euros podcast for me it was it was France's to lose and so the France went out um 
obviously missed missed penalty. Um, and they and they went out. Belgium went out. Spain went out. And all the big teams were sort of dropping. But as you said, I think Italy were consistently good. And I know me and you were chatting during the summer, going through, uh, watching the games and stuff. And but Italy were, for me, were a great team. They done well. And I'd said to you tonight that I thought that Italy were going to win the final because they'd been so consistent all the way through. Um, and yeah, that was the way it was. I, I will be honest. And I think people that listen to our other pods know that people from Liverpool generally don't support England all that much. Um, that would be in the vast majority. But I did get kind of wrapped up in the euphoria of it, I'll be honest. And did find myself singing a little bit of you, It's Coming Home every now and again. Um, oh, no, Daddy. No. I, you can't, yeah, I think you can't help it. Like For me, like those players are players that we watch week in, week out. They're all young lads. They were doing well. And... Uh, I found myself in a random, like sort of bar restaurant in the middle of Belfast when we were playing um, against Denmark, and everyone was so pro Denmark in there, as you can imagine, um, that it kind of made me go, "Oh wait, there, I'm going to be pro England because these are all being like that." And then, so as I got wrapped up in the euphoria of it, so I was glad to see them do well. Um, but I think all in all, I think the best team won won the tournament. Like, so it was a good tournament to watch. Classic. Classic knockout tournament, so that everyone's really nervous at the start. People are playing to not lose rather than to win, and then it gets into the knockout stages and it gets exciting, and that's what you want. So to uh, to some people that listen to our last, last podcast, um, I predicted that England would win it. They got to the final, which was wasn't bad. I also said my team to watch out for the outside team was Denmark, mm. and uh, they got to the semi-finals, as I say, and. I was quite, it, was, it was kind of great to watch their story with the Christian Eriksen thing. And, you know, it wasn't just any player. God forgive me for saying this. It, it was the best player that had that incident. Uh, and, and he lost the first few, two games. Like sh- but I'm glad they got through because that first game had never been played straight afterwards. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think the heads were right again for the next game. Um, and I think, it, I can't remember who it was, Russia or whoever it was in the third game, they finally won. And he got through on like that, you know, the, the best third place team. And, it was good to watch their journey, um, and yet, yeah, and England just about knocked them out. It wasn't it wasn't convincing, like you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a good Euros, I have to say. Um, you Ronaldo Sanchez of Portugal come out as one of the best players. I think you got to look at it's the Italians and Colini and Bellucci at the back there, thirty four and thirty seven. You know, still playing at the highest level. You know, fair play to them. Ronaldo got top goal scorer. There's a shot. You know, yeah. you know, he <laughs> played like a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of full of games. Um, Harry Kane eventually showed his class. He eventually showed up. Um, Sterling showed that, although you know Liverpool fans hate him, and we do because the way he did to us, he showed that because he had a bad season with City, but won you know two trophies. Uh, everyone was saying he wasn't in form, but it just goes to show the quality he was. Um, I think that's the summer that where everyone realised that Jack Grealish. Like, I think it's the summer that everyone realised that every. Team needs a poster boy, and Jack Grealish become that poster boy for England. Yeah. Used to be Beckham. After that, it was Rooney. Um, and I think one of the main reasons why I wasn't behind England, and I've actually done a couple of interviews regarding this in the last few days, um, is it's the media, it's the hype about England. You know, if so, in the pen shoot out, all you hear is our two, three England players miss the pens. We forget that their goalkeeper actually saved some of the pen. They've done it one of the best. You've got to play the tournament, Italian goalkeeper. Now, instead of going, oh, well, 
great keeper, 22 years of age, playing the highest level, been playing for Italy since the age of 17, one of the best keepers in the world. And he's just shown and proved it at the highest level in the most pressure point moment. Everyone's going, oh, well, Saka missed. Oh, well, Rashford missed. Oh, well. oh, they're not focusing on how good the other team are. And that's what's sickening you about the English national team is that people hype them up to a different level. Mm. And uh, that's one, one of the reasons why I just can't stand following England. Um, yeah, but that's that's just my personal opinion. It's one of them where I was a football fan for the Euros, but certainly was not an England fan. <laughs> it's it's interesting, and I think you're right, and I think you see it, and even as, I suppose, as other England fan to a certain degree, because I do get sort of wrapped up in it once it gets to the knockout stages. Like, as you said, like you're sitting there all the way through the tournament listening to, to Joe Cole and Rio Ferdinand, talking about how basically there's no one better than England in this tournament and there's no one that we should be scared of because we're the best team there and we're basically just going to wipe the floor with everyone. And the second we lose, yes, it was in penalties, but the second we lose, straight away, you just start completely picking apart the team and basically saying about how we were never going to win anyway because we were doing all of these things wrong. And it's just like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, no, don't get me wrong, there were some vital things that England done wrong in that tournament. And I think, Probably the only area that I'd, I'd disagree with you on is the fact that I thought, and, and I've said about this in previous pods, so I felt like it proved my point a little bit, that uh, Harry Kane looked like he'd won a competition in like a make-a-wish to be to be on the pitch and actually didn't perform <laughs> whatsoever. Like, he was garbage for that whole tournament, apart from one game where basically Jack Grealish made him look good. Um, he, he looked so poor. He was so poor in that final, and it proves the point that like everyone's saying about how Harry Kane needs to be getting into a big club this summer and all. And I honestly think that he's he's nowhere near the standard of like your Wayne Rooney's and, and previous England strikers. Um and I think he's he's not gonna look as good in a big team. I think when he get when he gets there, he's he's made to look good in spares because he's surrounded by average players and Hugo Lloris. And I think once he goes to a big club he's not gonna look as good. That's a really interesting point there the way you said that. I mean, I would partially disagree and I'd partially agree with you. Um, it took him a while, but then he did show up. You know, he scored two goals, I think two goals against Routine. Then mm. he scored um, a goal against, I can't remember, it wasn't it? But anyway, he got four in the end, but obviously he, he scored against Germany, wasn't it? Yeah. He scored against Germany and then I think that was that. That's when the hype really started when England beat Germany. And let's yeah. be honest, it was a poor, poor Germany side that like up until two minutes before the end of the group stages weren't even qualifying. Mm. And they made out because to be Jamie that they were going to be this and they were going to be that. But um, yeah, overall, Danny, overall, it was a good Euros. It heated up towards the part that you wanted to. I think the biggest thing for me, and we have to we have to sidetrack over the trouble that happened at Wembley and a few, you know, a couple of race, racist incidents because yeah, I, I don't want to. It just makes you angry, and I, I don't want to bore people on this summer podcast, you know, because we, we've got we've an interview with a very special guest coming up, which we'll mention in a minute. Mm. Um, but take that aside, I think the return of the fans back in the stadiums, you know, we mentioned I mentioned Hungary. Um Hungary was full to come to, to, to the brink. Yeah. We had the, the full Wembley Stadium for the final, sixty thousand in the semis, um, more or less fans at every game. Um, it was great to see, wasn't it? And the atmosphere did make a difference in yeah, it did. It was huge. Like the atmosphere was good, and it was just it was as you said, it was nice to see it back. And I think some players really react to it. And I think, as you said, we've got yeah, mainly because it's a good link. Um, I think 
Pickford really stepped up his game because of the fact that the fans in the stadium, you could see he was really reacting to it. And you've got to give him a shout-out that he'd done really well in that penalty shootout, saving the pens that he did. Um, and it's worth that shout-out and putting it out there because in the second half of our podcast, we are doing an interview with Speedo Mick, uh, obviously big yep. Everton fan. A big Everton man raised a lot of money for charity and we had the chance during the summer to meet up with him in Belfast while he's on his big tour around the UK uh, raising money for mental health charities. So we're going to be chatting to him in the second half of our pod, which is exciting. Which also brings us to um, the next one, the next five, ten minutes to discuss just football in general, the new season. Mm. Um, and we'll come to Liverpool, but I think the biggest story for, you know, in football at the moment, outside of you know international football, is a fact that Rafael Benitez went and become Everton manager. Now, I have to say, when we were chatting to Speedo, um, the, the interview was recorded just before this was happening, but we did get it in at the end um, because it was in the pipeline that he was going to become Everton manager. But first and foremost, Danny, um, I, I know there's, there's a good few Everton fans that listen to the podcast um, and have done as well, Derby episodes and stuff like that. Um, What's your thoughts on Rafa going to Everton? Um, it's it's twofold for me. Is that as a Liverpool fan, you're gutted to see it. One, because he's a good manager. So I know that he will help them to step up their game um, because he can get the lot. Like we know from the Liverpool days, he can get a lot out of players that maybe aren't like world-class players. Like you, you think of the team that he had when he was with us and the likes of Luis Garcia when he came in, he was relatively unknown and the, the, the level of ability he gets out of those players. Um, so as a Liverpool fan, you're kind of gutted. But at the same time, you've got to think of it in the bigger picture sense. He, he loves the city. He, he loves being a part of the city. He's got a huge, obviously, association with it. His family still live in the city. So... For me, it was always it was always going to be a choice for him. He was never going to be able to come back to Liverpool. Um, so when the Everton job came up and he was starting to get linked with it, you can see from a City perspective, and I think people will moan and Everton fans will kick off about it. But at the same time, he loves he loves the city. He doesn't he doesn't just love Liverpool and he's just coming to Everton just to get a paycheck. He's like like Ancelotti did. Like he's all moaning about Rafa Benitez. Ancelotti came for a paycheck and basically stayed for a year. At least Benitez is actually invested in the city and loves being there. So he's gonna wanna do well. He's not coming there to sabotage them. He's gonna wanna do well at that club. So for me, like it's good that he's gonna be there. It's good for the city that he's there. But as a Liverpool fan, you're a little bit gutted that he's 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 gone, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of people say to me, um, what do you think about it? My thought of this is like, you know, he's a top-quality manager. Everton, mm-hmm. that, and we take the Mickey out of Everton because we're Liverpool fans, but they are that type of club that are like outside the top, maybe four or five, six, whatever. They're the type of club that, like a Man City or in the years gone by, they could come and they could challenge. They're just, they're always missing like maybe a couple of players or that star manager or and Rafa is that type of guy. He'll have the Spanish links. He'll bring those mediocre players in that you said he'll get the best out of them. He's got his links around Europe. He knows the Premier League in and out. And people have said to me, what type of reception will Rafa Benitez get when he comes to Anfield? I'm telling you right now, those Liverpool fans will cheer him. Like, yeah. like, like as if he was with anyone. He brought off 50 European Cup home. And he's a, he's a legend with Liverpool. Always will be. Um, okay, it's a part in our history that you know we look back upon and... You know, we got the FA Cup final, we and, we and we got the European Cup final. You know, and we won two cups with Rafa. Um, it was a bit sad the way it kind of ended, but so 
in most football managers' journeys, it's sand out sad how it ends. And when you look up at Newcastle, like the, what he did for that club as well. Um, I think he's a great manager, and he'll uh, he'll definitely make Everton a better side. He'll make them hard to beat. Um, and you know, I, all these Everton fans are probably aren't getting behind them. You need to catch catch himself on because they're lucky to have him. Um, but anyway, moving on, we have a couple of minutes to discuss the um, so the Liverpool players got back together. Um, I do believe about three or four days ago, we're recording this podcast on the fourteenth of July, um, and they've got a couple of friendlies. I think they're in Austria at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple of minutes now, Danny, to discuss Liverpool. So, um, what I'm going to ask you is the thing on everyone's mind, and, and at the moment it comes to Liverpool, all the images all over social media of Gomez and Van Dijk back in training. Mm. Um, how good is that to see? It's good, it's good, and I think we're going to have a lot of competition this year. Obviously, we've just signed another centre back um, who's in there, and I think he's going to—he's not coming to sit on the bench. He's coming to want to be starting every week. So I think that adds a lot of competition, and and Gomez and Matip are going to have to keep the fitness levels up, keep themselves injury free if they want to stay in that squad. For me, it's still Van Dijk and Gomez to lose, but I think Klopp is going to mix it up a lot more. Mix it up in the general sense, like let's be honest, he's not going to drop Van Dyke anytime soon. But I think Gomez knows he's going to have to step up his game now, and that's what you want from a team that we're expecting this season to challenge for that title again. What you want is competition within your ranks. You want your centre backs not thinking to themselves, "Oh, well, I'll just I'll play, I'll try my best." But if I if I play bad, I'm still going to get started in the next game. You want a team where they feel. I need to push myself here because if I don't push myself, I'm potentially going to get dropped. And we've said that all last season, haven't we, in terms of our front three. We want to be able to have that competition, I think, with Potter back as well. Um, it's creating competition around the pitch. And we've seen City flourish over that in the last number of years. And you want that as a Liverpool fan. You want to see your team do well. And competition creates that drive for players to perform every single game, which I think is the only way... We're going to have a shot at winning the league this season because I think City looks so strong. Well, yeah, and I, I will add all what you said. Completely agree. Also, it's good to see that Van Dijk and Gomez. They took time off the Euros. You know, Van Dijk was potentially going to be in there. I don't think Gomez has ever closed, but the fact that they're going to have a pre-season, a proper pre-season now, to be able to you know ease the way in and not be thrown into deep end, you know, I'm glad that that's going to happen. And I think that like it's very important to like the Van Van Dijk's and. Gomez's rehabilitation that they're going to be able to like you know ease the way, which is really really important. And um, so yeah, we're sitting here in kind of mid July, and um, the season is coming thick and fast. So me and Danny are going to take a couple of um, well earned weeks to ourselves, mm. um, and then we'll be back. We're, we're thinking Danny around about the you know the, the the first week of August, aren't we? A few days before the first game. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we'll um, we'll probably, like, the next pod will probably come out, like, the day before the season starts, so um, so it'll be exciting, I'm looking forward to it and seeing all the transfer rumours, there's loads going about at the minute, look at the whole Di Maria stuff that's going about today, obviously 2014, he said about the fact that he hates playing well and then only being linked to a small club like Spurs, and now there's a good chance he's probably going to sign for Spurs this summer, so uh, <laughs> alongside, alongside Harry Kane leaving and then bringing yeah. in the noticeable replacement of Danny Ings. So that'll be interesting to see how Spurs get on. That will be. It's going to be... Uh, I, like, it's always fun around the summer, the transfers and, and, and the banter and the debate. And, you know, getting off to a good start is always, always important. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, guys, what we're going to leave you with was um, we had the privilege of meeting the one and only, the, the Liverpool legend Speedo Myth, as he does his UK tour of the four, um, the four capitals. 
being London, um, Belfast, Dublin, and Cardiff. Um, and we had the, the chance of meeting him um, in his, it was a couple of weeks ago in, in his time in Belfast. So it was a really insightful interview on his life, his life story, why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and it was an honor, honor and privilege to meet him. And so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to leave you with that interview. So guys, we'll see you in a, in a, in a couple of weeks time just before the season starts. Um, and thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. All right, folks, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. All right, guys, so it's Ammo here, and we have got the legend and the one and only that is Speedo Mick, uh, Mick Cullen. Buddy, how's it going? Well, it's a bit tough, as you well know, as well. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just come from a long walk there, he's just on his way from um, from Scotland into in, 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 in Ireland, and he's, he's diving into some bread and butter as we speak. I'd say you're shattered, mate, aren't you? I'm absolutely done, mate, I'm done in. I've got, I've, I've, no, we've got 2,200 miles to walk. Well, we're calling it the 2,000 mile walk, but there is, it's 2,200. So I think I've walked over 300 up to now, started in Stornoway on the 31st of May, and I finished in Liverpool after going to England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, and, and uh, taking in the five capitals, which is Edinburgh, Belfast, Dublin. Uh, Cardiff and London, yeah, and then we'll be finishing in Liverpool in November. So I started on the thirty first of May, and we finish in November. You know wow. what I mean? So it's a long trip. I've been working for twenty three days up to now. Um, like you say, I started in the in the house at Everdeen's thrown away, and uh, I'm already done. I'm already I'm all in me. You well, you're going to end up in the greatest city in the world. Everyone knows that listens to this podcast, don't me and Danny love Liverpool. And we're, even though we live over in Ireland, we miss Liverpool, we miss yeah. the banter, we miss the people. And it's people like you, Mick, that like, literally give people like me and Danny, what's the word, like the, ambas- the ambition to go big. And someone like you, you've literally come from nowhere. And you know everywhere now, because you've done something good. You're just a scouter that I give them back. Mick, tell me where did, where did it all start? How, where did you go from being nowhere to being the guy that's known by everyone a little? Well, <laughs> well it all started me when. Uh, well, I'll tell you where it all started, really. Where are you from? Where about the are you from? I'm from Duffcott. Duffcott, okay. Do you call it some some people? Duffy. Scruffcott. Right. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, I'm from Duffcott. And I was a scruff. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Most, most of us were mates. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was all it was like. You know, no one had no money. There was a couple of people in the street who had a couple of milk, a, a, a few bob. And what that meant was they had their house, the houses painted outside. <laughs> white. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Kenny. I'm from Kenny. Yeah. Kenny. Oh, I'm from Kenny. Kenny. So, yeah. Listen, yeah, you got no no room to talk about if you were going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't. But anyway... Yeah, but you know what it's yeah. so that's what it's like to has been a lot of run down areas yeah. in Liverpool. And um, what was the question? The question was how did you go from oh, being right. no one to being like the right. the legend well, that well, you are now? Well, I haven't I haven't I'm not, I haven't always been no one. <laughs> yeah. But um Well you know what I mean. Yeah. You know. No, what the change over the change over was I'm sorry, I'm still eating my bread. You know what I'm absolutely starving. 
And I've put me dinner on hold, by the way. He has, he's put us dinner on hold, so we appreciate it, we appreciate it. Um, so, so what happened was, I picked up drink and drugs at a very young age. And, um, you know, I was just having a laugh and experimenting, and, uh, like a lot of people did. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't, you don't get to know you're an addict until you're in trouble because you're just experimenting you're just having yeah. a try of drugs and you think you're just doing a normal thing by going out for the weekend and stuff and, um, and, you are, and that's all what was happening yeah. in the beginning you know and, and you had big dreams and you know of travelling the world and uh, peace and love and and and, and um, yeah. <laughs> that, it was just that's that's yeah. how we were, that's who we mate me me and me mate Leon. Uh, we just you know, John Rastafari, King of Kings, Lord of Laws, line, <laughs> line of Judah man, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we you know um, so then uh, what happened is I, I ended up um, like I say experimenting with drugs and, and, and in fact it was before that. Right. Before that I sort of lost myself before that because I was I was drinking at 13 to oblivion, you know what I mean? And, right. and, you know, getting into trouble, getting into fights. And yeah. As a lot of people do in Liverpool, it, it, it still goes on to this, to this day, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I know I know now, what I know now is I was very angry. As a child, I was known as the Nag in, in the family because I was always just angry because of... Um, because of what was happening in the fam- family home, you know what okay. I mean, and uh, you know, so so that, that that affected me massively in my life, and I'm not saying that's why I picked, uh, I started drinking and drugging, but it definitely um, it played a massive part yeah. in who, who I was, you know, and you know, I, I couldn't deal with my feelings. I just it was just straight to anger all the time. Don't don't pass gold, don't collect two hundred quid and yeah. all that. It was yeah. just from that, from being fine one minute to being angry and aggressive the next minute, you right. know. So I know now that uh, plus I've just been diagnosed with ADHD right. as well. So that's literally uh, four months ago that got diagnosed wow. with that. Okay. So I've gone through the whole of my school, yeah. you know what I mean, and being... The Not no- knowing what the thing is, well, or... Being the, no- being the naughty kids, yeah. but, but um, I just think a little bit differently, you know what I mean, and, and obviously I had a lot of issues, anger issues, and, and now I know that I, I was an addict as well, Yeah. without me knowing it, and um, that just totally got out of hand really, really quickly, and, um, you know, I wasn't like... Me mates and stuff, we were just going out to the weekend all yeah, yeah, yeah. the next minute, and I was addicted to, to drugs and drink, and needed it all the time, yeah. and um, you know, just started losing jobs, losing contact with my family, end up just making one decision, one bad decision after another, after another, after another. I could not make, literally, make the right decision to save me own life. And what age was it? Was this going into your twenties now, or no? I was in still in my teens. Okay. You know what I mean, I was like, like seventeen. Right. You know I mean? So I was still green. You know what I mean? I was green. Thought I knew it all. <laughs> and when uh, when when, of... when did Everton come into your life? When did Everton football come well, into your life? Everton were already in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know it was 
you know, all the, all the seventies and the eighties with all the flags and, and stuff. Good old days. Yeah, all outside, <laughs> all outside the houses, and we had our next door neighbour with like really big heads, and yeah. and he was my busy mate then, David Keeley. And you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it was when we had the team. Yeah, we had the team, man. You know. Anyway, <laughs> that was then. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so anyway, you know, my my. Um, life took a, a massive downturn and uh, you know you know tried to um, take my own life a couple of times and uh, game homeless and uh, just become just not me I wasn't me anymore I just literally lost my soul to, to drinking drugs and uh, nobody seemed to be able to help me they were all it was always you know being offered help and Anyway, that that carried on for for a very long time. You know what I mean? That carried on actually until I was thirty six years of age. Right. Yeah. So, okay. uh, you know, um, just being unmanageable. And did you always originate in Dove in Dovecot, or was you about? No, or? no, no, no. Well, what I, what I, what I done was I was always in Dovecot. Yeah. Yeah. But what what I was I was doing was I kept trying to do the geographical. Which meant I kept trying to go back to when I was seventeen in in Cornwall when I was okay. Right. I mean? So I kept going back to to Newquay, trying to find myself. Okay. You know what I mean? And but everywhere I went, I took me with me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I couldn't. So I I, I was just trying to outthink. I was just looking for myself. So I kept going back. I went back. To Newquay, like you know, every couple of years I went back there. Right, just on your own. Yeah, just yeah. on my own. Have you found me there, or trying to, no? Just no, just trying to, just trying to find me. Mm. You know what I mean? And 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 the person I used to be, and I done it. I just kept going back there right. and looking, but obviously, you know, the person I was looking for was in was in. Within me, you know what I mean. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have to go anywhere yeah. to find them. We just had to start making some changes, some differences. Had to start, you know, making different decisions in my life. You know what I mean. And like I say, I couldn't make a, I couldn't make a, 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 a safe decision to save my own life. Yeah, and I was literally killing myself in in instalments with with, with, with the drinking and drugs. And uh, like I say, I lost my family, lost my self respect, lost my dignity, lost my home. Lost, you know, lost me. You know what I mean? And you know, I was bubbly and I was outgoing anyway. And so everything just, you know, basically turned to shit. You know, and it stayed like that for a long, long time. And I'd lost hope, and so did my family of getting me back. And, right. And um, you know, and I was just, a, I was. A, I mean, thinking back on it now, I mean, I put my family through so much pain. You know what I mean? Because every time I turned up at the door, every time I turned up at the door, and my mum would answer the door, and it was me. I'm just seeing the face, you know what I mean? Because she's looking at her son who she can't help. She's got, she can't do anything to help me. Do you know what I mean? And mm. she was totally powerless. And and yeah, I mean, me, me siblings as well, my brothers and my sister, they were, they were the same. You know, when you're talking about addiction and I'm just if you're talking about what if you're talking about helping one single person with addiction, then you're not just helping one person, you're helping the family, 
the you know what I mean? The, the friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the family, the friends, the community. You're helping, man, the ripple goes far. If, yeah. you, if you help one person get clean or sober, or both, you know what I mean? You, you make a massive difference in everybody's What life. was the, so you say 36, mate, you say yeah. you were 36, what was the, this is cliche, isn't it, to say, oh, what was the changing point, but what was the changing point, you know? Well, look, I was trying to, I was trying to sort myself out for ages, but I was trying to sort, me, sort it out myself. I was trying to figure it out in my own head. Yeah. You know, plus I had the addiction, um, you know, on me. It was, all, course, yeah, it was yeah. all over me. And, you know, I'd been living that way for a long, long time. So I, I was trying to outthink my thinking. And you, you, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had to, in the end, I'll tell you what I've done. I surrendered. Now I've been fighting right up from the day, feels like from the day I was born, I was fighting the world, fighting everybody, fighting this, fighting that, fighting. It was always a, it was always a fight. It was always trying to do it my way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and no no uh, no compromise whatsoever. Until uh, one day my mate came to my house and. He'd been in the same situation. In fact, I'd used and I'd drank with him. Okay. And he was like two years sober and stuff. And Do you want to give him a shout out or just like keep it private or? Yeah, no, will it? Yeah. Keep uh, it private, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, his name's Mick anyway. His <laughs> name, his name, <laughs> I won't use his, I won't use his, yeah, um, fair his, his, his uh, nickname, but yeah. But, um, and I was a nightmare, mate. I was a nightmare and he come, he, he, he come, come to see me and he looked great. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, you look fab, man. I said, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> what have you been, what have you been yeah. doing? He said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm clean and I'm sober now. And I thought, liar. That's yeah. what I thought. I thought, no way, mate. There's, no, yeah. there's not a chance in hell that he's clean and sober. Yeah. And he's saying that he goes out. It was Mal, Mal as well, Mal and me. Yeah. They were going out. And I'm not drinking to the pubs and stuff like that. And I said, oh, how can you dance and not have a drink? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and or, or not have a drink. You know. Not dance yet. Yeah. You need a bus. Yeah. yeah. You, need, you need a little, you know what I mean? Would you been the days of the Grafton? What, mate? Would you been the days of the Grafton? No, mate? I said I... <laughs> no. Would you? Nah. No. Only no, scouts as no, I know the I'd lost myself by then, mate. Right, okay. I'd lost myself, which is probably a, a, a good fucking job. You know what I <laughs> mean? As far as the Grafton's concerned, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so anyway, he turned around and he went like that to me. He, and I went, he told me about And I went, so I'll tell you what happened on that day. There was three things were happening, and I know it and I can see it okay. right in my mind's eye now. The three, three things what, what happened on that day was Mick turned up and he was clean and he was sober. Okay. You know what I mean? And he had the solution to my problems. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Now, I didn't know this at the, at the time. Right. Secondly, I had a desire to sort my life out at yep. that, at, on that day which the window of and the window of opportunity there the, the window of opportunity had opened a slither okay. you know what I mean and so them three things combined it was like the stars right and aligning but you think seeing him seeing your friend look so well that was a well, big was thing so for you desperate then. Yeah. I was just desperate to get to, to, to stop doing what I was doing and I couldn't stop doing it I couldn't yeah. I couldn't I could I, I, I tried over and over again, but I couldn't stay stopped. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I need to stay stopped. Yeah. And um, and anyway, I went. 
I was like a cataplectical, he jumped on his head, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I went, because he's living in London, take me with you. Right. And I didn't think he was, I, I just thought, because he knew I was an A.B., yeah. he, he was going to say, no, Nick, But you say that, I'm sorry to interrupt, you say nightmare, you don't mean nightmare as in your personality, it's just because of what you were doing to your body. No, my personality was nightmare. All right, okay, so both, both, I was still angry, yeah. I was still angry yeah. at the world because of, you know, the past yeah. school and and, yeah. and 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 me me, me home life and stuff made me very angry mate okay do you know what I mean to see the stuff that I've seen you know without going into too much detail, of course, detail yeah. there you know but um yeah so it's had, had a massive effect and and it has now so I hid my feelings for for thirty six years by time by using drinking drugs and and um, just stuck to me anger yeah because that was the easiest thing for me to do just yeah. to feel a feeling was just and it was just horrific yeah. for me to feel anything, you know what I mean? And, and to be brought back into reality yeah. was uh, not, not... Did you go to London then, or did you...? Yeah, I did. Okay. He, he, he actually took me. But I know right. I know. he told me that his family was saying, don't don't take him down, because they thought I was going to affect him and bring drag him down. So they were going... Yes. And they knew, okay. they knew yeah. what I was like as well, yes. so they, they, they didn't... Um, Looking back, do you think that, with the greatest respect to your friend, do you think that was a risk on his part? Or do you think he was... No. Do you get what I'm trying to say? No. No, or, no it, wasn't you know, a, it wasn't yeah. a risk on his part. It was really because um, he was, he'd already... He, he, he was bound and up, you see. Yeah. So it didn't matter yeah. how I behaved. I behaved, he was going to tell me to go. Yeah. Do you know what do I mean? So it, it didn't matter and he took... He did take a big chance, but that's what you do when you come into recovery. Mm. When you come into recovery... You help people who you don't think they've got any hope. You know what I mean? We, you know, people walk into the rooms, mate, and you, you just, you just thinking this person hasn't got much of a chance here. Do you know what I mean? I but you helped them okay. because that's what happened to me. That's what happened to Mick. That's what happened to Mally. That's what. So you just keep passing and passing it down, and he passed it down to me. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I fucked up a few times. Yeah. And I and Mick said, "Mate, you'll have to go." I mean, but I, I didn't want to go back to Liverpool. Okay. Because, uh, Where about London was it? It was in uh, I was in the Angel then. Right. Do you know the Angel? No, I don't. No, um, yeah, but um, London. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's up uh, Rosebury Avenue and okay. stuff like that. So um I ended up getting a flat down that way in the yeah. end. But um anyway we so where were we? So we were just saying so yeah. You had the difficulty, he's, he's, and you, you, I, I think you're about to tell me that this is where you kind of changed the path and you started to give back, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's what yeah. happened. So, what they ask you to do is in, in when you go to NA or AA, yeah, um, is uh, you and the saying was, and I never got this saying, you can only keep what you have by giving it away, and that just was like a puzzle to me, right? Okay, you can only keep what that. I thought that doesn't make any sense, mate. It yeah. just doesn't make any yeah. sense. But all they were asking you to do was to help the newcomer who came into the room who was still suffering. Right, you know yeah. I mean? And and by you by, by you doing that, you get to stay clean another day. Yeah. So that's what they meant. But yeah. I've took it a little bit further than that. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? I'm just walking around and appearing this. <laughs> well, 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 so yeah, so this is a good it's good the way you said that but so you go to being clean and, and it's that's obviously a long road yeah. so where does when Everton trunks at Goodison Park yeah. and being 
known for speed or mech. Yeah. Where where did that come from? Well, um, I'll tell you where, where it come from. Right, was I was buzzing me because I was clean. Yeah, and I was sober. And, um, I was living my life. I'd got my family back. I mean, I was. Um, they were they were beginning to trust me. I've got you know I've got um, kids as well, and my daughter okay. would not tell me that she um, that she loved me for two years. Right. Okay. Because you know they've. They've suffered. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean, and and we and you know my mum and dad have suffered, and my siblings have suffered, and my friends suffered. Everybody suffered. Yeah. You know what I mean, because they they lost somebody they loved, and um, yeah. So it took a long time to for me to recover and for them to recover and to gain the trust. As long as I stayed clean and sober, I knew that that was going to happen in the end. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, I hoped. Yeah, but was I that hoped. the purpose of it? So, well, well yeah. not just for yourself, but for your family's role. Well, yeah, well, well, they say, you know what I mean, you've got to just do it for yourself, but I never done it for myself in the beginning. I was doing it for any every any other reason, because my self-esteem was so low. Yeah. I wasn't worth a character yeah, to yeah. anybody, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, um, and I certainly didn't think very much of myself after the way I'd carried on. Of course, of course. So, so it, it, it's, it's a lot, it takes you a long time to recover from all that stuff. But, all I had to do was stay clean, not pick up a drink, not pick up a drug. Okay. That was all I needed to do, and I keep going back to the meetings. There's a, there is, a, you know, you have to keep going back to the meetings and, and trying to help newcomers yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so what was the question? So, the, <laughs> <laughs> so how did it end up being in a pair of Evans? Right, right, so what happened was, what happened was, I, I, um, I wanted to do something, um, you know, special. Yeah. And I, I, and. and you know, when I say special, people do it all the time, but I wanted, I wanted to run a marathon, you know what I mean? No, yeah. I, mean I didn't know I had ADHD at the time, you know what I mean, as well. So I wanted to do a marathon, and, um, you know, my wife said, why don't you just do a half marathon now? And my mates and stuff, doing a half marathon or a 10k first or, or a yeah. 5k. I was still smoking at the time, by the way. That's even well, bad yeah. I was at the start line, like that with the sea, <laughs> you know what I mean, doing a marathon. And um, I said, no, I want to do a marathon. I wanted to just everything could do. I don't want it to be just out of reach, just that. I don't. I want it to be in miles out the way, mate. Okay. I want. I want to challenge, and I want to challenge myself because I'm not going to be here for much longer. Do you know what I mean? As far you know, life goes so fast, yeah. mate. So I want to challenge myself. Okay. I want to do. I want to challenge myself big time. Mm. And so that's what I'm getting out of doing this stuff as well. I get to challenge myself okay. mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Does that well. distract you from maybe other thoughts or? Well, it it has, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's a yeah. It, it has. Sorry to put words in your mouth, man. No, about. it has, mate. Yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? I, it, I'm sort of there's a story behind that that I'm sort of on the run. Yeah. As well, <laughs> I am I'm on the run mate, yeah. because I am so mate. I am so sensitive and so emotional. Mm. I mean, it, it's some, it's painful at times. You know what right. I mean? Because and and you wouldn't cope because I'm running around in a pain in because and everyone goes, "Oh look at him," you know what I mean? Or, or whose idea was that? So where so did you? So what happened is, yeah, I'll get to that. So what happened was, I done a, a marathon and then I done some triathlons because my knee got a bit damaged. Right. And um, I, I want to do the Olympic size. I want to do a bit of full marathon. I want to do Olympic size triathlons. And then my knee got a little bit worse. 
So I couldn't do the triathlons no more. I was fuming because I was busting. I was crap in school at all sports, you know what I mean? Except rugby. I was good at rugby, mate. I was, right, okay. I was only little, but... Good at rugby. Yeah, yeah, I was good at rugby, man. Right. And um, I take my camera down and he was massive. Right. Yeah, honestly, yeah. If he's listening, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he knows who he is, you know what I mean? But my camera was like the biggest lad in school. Right. You know what I mean? So I know he had a... Uh, I had balls, like, yeah. I, had, I had a bottle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's and, a uh, famous so, scout for a bottle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, um, so then I couldn't run anymore. So I was like that. Next minute I seen David Warner, he was getting in the seat to swim the English Channel. And I went, man, and he was, he was big and stuff. And yeah. I, I actually doubted that he was going to make it myself, you yeah. know what I mean? I said, he doesn't look fit enough there, but he'd put, a, he'd put weight yeah. on because if you're not fast, you have to be fat yeah. to swim the English channel. Right. And I said to my wife, I said, that's it. Because I was punching my knee all the time because it wouldn't let me do yeah, what yeah. I wanted to do. I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'll use my arms instead. Yeah. So, so Rachel went home, you know what I mean? I'll put the kettle on and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll have some tea and toast. So I booked the boat the next day, I had to put a thousand pounds down to, to, to book the boat for uh, 18 months time or two years time. Because it, it, that, that, swim, that, yeah. that's how, that's how um, you know, big the list, yeah, yeah. The, the list is for the boats, you know what I mean? Because people are trying to do it all the time. And um, so I was training for that for six months. I was training and training. I'd never had a swimming lesson in my life. That's the, that's the God honesty. Right, okay. Never had a swimming lesson. Thought I'm going to swim in the channel. I'm going around telling everyone, I'm swimming the channel, you know. <laughs> Not I'm attempting. Yeah, yeah. I'm swimming the channel. Yeah. I'm swimming the channel. And then, um, and then uh, six months into me training, I looked at the rules. I got this rule book and I looked and it said, you can't touch the boat. That's all, you know what I mean? Now and again, you can, you, you, you trainer or you swim coach can get in, but he can't swim in front of you. So he, he can swim for an hour with you and then he's got to get out. You know what I mean? And um, and then and you have to have one set of goggles, one one uh, swim cap and one garment for the men, which was above the groin. And I went, hey, what, what does that mean, Rachel, to my wife? And she just started laughing. She went, you've got to wear a pair of bleeds, speedos. Right. And I went, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Honest, I went. I'm not doing it. I said I'm not. I'm not. I'm wearing shorts. I don't care what they say. I'm not wearing. Yeah, it. Yeah. And she's saying it's in the rules. You've got to wear the speed rules. Yeah. I said, cancer. I'm gonna tell them. I don't want. I want my money back. <laughs> and I didn't want to put the right. speed rules on. So then um, I um, I got over myself. Yeah, I yeah. Got a pair of speed rules. You did it. And uh, yeah, and I, I trained and I trained and I trained and. You know, on the 16th of February, I think it was 2014, I swam the English Channel, mate. Wow. After Looking being, back, I vaguely remember you being on, was it, were you on, were you on Granada Report, were you? Not for that. I no. was in the echo for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I should have been on the Granada, Granada Report for that. Yeah. That was the biggest thing yeah. I've done, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, mate, listen, people who've been swimming all their lives, wearing speedos all their lives, and, and who are ten times, like a thousand times better than yeah. me, the, the, the technique, the swimming yeah. technique. I spoke to somebody in the Serpentine Swimming, swimming Club only uh, a couple of months ago and he went, we couldn't believe that you made it across because when you came, you 
here we were watching it in the water and he, he said you were just all over the place and we just right. was it just anyway, desire that got you through what desire yeah 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 so I'd said in the in the first day I was what I wanted someone because me goes up you know, yeah, yeah. I booked the boat and I wanted someone to ask me what I was going to do in the changing rooms and uh, somebody did and they were all very posh they made in the serpentine right. and I was sitting like that you know and then they, they were like hey, you know you're going to do any long swims this, <laughs> this year? You're new, you round, aren't you, and all that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, I've just joined, like, you know. Yeah. And um, he went, do you want any long swims this year? I said, yeah, I'm going to swim this year. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he went, um, and he said, oh, that's fantastic. He said, um, he said, have you done any long swims before? And I went, nah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they just all looked at each other. And you could have got the atmosphere with a knife. Oh, don't you think you better do that before you swim the channel? Right. When I went outside, I complained to another 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 person out there because um, I went, listen, they haven't been very supportive in there. It's one that I never started effing and blind yeah, yeah, yeah. on my first day. But I never. And I kept me cool and the fella turned around and I said, I said, you know, they, they weren't very supportive. And I said I was going to swim the channel and they were questioning it. And he went, he went, do you think you can swim the channel? And I went, yeah. And he went, then that's all that's you need matter. to know. Yeah. Mate, and the pennies up, man. And I just went, that's right, that's right, that's what I need to hear. And I jumped in the water and I splashed about like some lunatic yeah, yeah. in it. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. at this stage, were you in the Everton's? Or? No, I was just had me, no, me, yeah. me having shorts on me then, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So then six months later, I seen the thing about the speedos and I went, I'm not, I'm not wearing a pair of nails. And anyway, I got over myself and I swam the channel uh, in a pair of knickers. And um, <coughs> I think so things don't swim up there and people don't panic. Right, yeah, I, I'm not really sure yeah, still yeah. to this day. And uh, so then I just thought, I'm going to Everton Football Club and I'm letting, I want Liverpool to know that I've arrived. I'm, okay. I'm back, man. I'm, I'm here. I've got my name in the book that, yeah. says, that says I've swam the English yeah, team man. channel. I was so proud of myself yeah. and I wrote, I wrote so. Channel Swimmer. Mate, I had no hope, no, no, no desire to live. Did I you do that for charity? See when you done that? I did, I done it. Yeah. I done it for the, the Simon community, which was a homeless charity okay. in London. Okay. And, uh, I, I raised £4,000 out of £5,000 wow. target. Yeah. So when I went to Everton and I, and I put my blue speedos on, they were handing me money. And I thought, I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll be I'm able to... Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, so I said, um I went in there and the stewards were they were very kind really. Yeah. Never really thrown me out, but they went, mate, you're gonna have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or at least go and get dressed. But everyone was going, Way, way and giving me twenty pounds out. I thought that's where I'll get the rest of the thousand pounds for the five thousand pounds. Right, okay. So I went back, you know what I mean? In my knickers again. And then eventually Everton were just really supportive. Yeah. And they let me go in the ground and, and collect around. Oh, I've seen them a bit, I've seen it, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, and then, you know, we've done a lot of fundraising for Everton community in the end as well. And so that's where Speed on Wick was born then, yeah. was when I went was to that 2000 and That was 2014. 2014, so that's so seven been, years ago? Yeah, mate, so I've wow. been running around in my since then. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I, I, am I right in saying I could be wrong here? Am I right in saying you're at Anfield the one state, weren't you? Yeah, the Derby. Liverpool got me on, because that's when I was doing the thousand mile walk, yeah. do you know what I mean? And um, it, oh, mate, that You're just giving the beans on the pitch and all, I remember yeah. me on, I remember yeah, watching it. Liverpool got me on the pitch in a pair, and Everton Ever, Speedos, mate, with 
Everton emblazoned on the arse yeah. with me Everton scarf, me Everton hat, and he got me on the pitch at half time. And I, I just can't say thank you enough for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I kept lifting me Everton scarf up, and all the Liverpool fans were going, boom, and I was putting it down, and he was going, wee! Well, I, 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 know, I, I remember seeing it. Right, so we've got a couple of moments that oh, left me, and what oh. I'm going to say to you is this. First of all, we're also grateful for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I've had family. And I don't want to say too much on air, but I've had family addiction problems, yeah, yeah. and a few things you said there really touched me, which I'll come to you off there. But obviously, you're on the just given, you get on the given back tour at the moment. Yeah, you're doing two thousand two hundred miles. Yeah, it's not that I, I got down here two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all for obviously the Speed on Mick Foundation, which is your own charity. Yeah, and you're giving back, aren't you, Mick? You're yeah. giving back to people that let me assume that are in, we're in your situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meant to, so the Speed on Mick Foundation supports um, uh, other charities through who support people through mental health, uh, disadvantaged young people, yeah. and uh, homelessness, all of which I've experienced and been myself. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And plus, we are besides me walking two thousand two hundred miles, we're giving two hundred and fifty thousand pound out to them charities on this walk as well. Wow. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. uh, which is a, a massive privilege for, for me to be able to hand that out. But it's only because of the people who donated me. Well, we'll be putting the links all over our Facebook page or our Instagram page. Um, on yeah. a, we're out in radio stations, which we'll be pushing yeah. this. I, I, I've re- I read a quote here, and I, I think this is your quote from your the foundation. I'm giving back in recognition of those that have given back to me during yeah. some really tough times. And is that why you're doing this? Yeah, then? man. Mate, 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 I listen, I swear, it's like, it's been 19... Over 19 years of being clean and sober now, you know what I mean? I couldn't get a day, a day clean or sober. Yeah. So I know that anybody can can access that that clean time help. and then get the life back. Yeah, and, you know what I mean? You just need to ask for help. So that's where I, I, where I got lost on that before. Yeah. About, um, I was just doing it my way. and yeah. trying to think, outthink myself. Yeah. In the end, I, I just took some guidance and I let somebody help me and show me the way. Yeah. I wouldn't do that, and that was the that that was the thing that kept me there till I was thirty six years of age yeah. because I wouldn't allow anybody to help me. So that's what you've got to. That's what I had to do. In the end. Well, I hope people listen to this can hear that. I'm going to end on a light note because I know you've yeah. been absolutely shattered, and I know you, you can see it in your eyes. Yeah. I've been following you on Facebook every day. And I really appreciate the time. I'm going to end on a really light note here and just ask you loads of people want to ask questions, but I have to ask the ones to keep getting asked and keep getting asked. Yeah, come on, Rosie. Would you be happy with Rafa Benitez or ever? I can see your face. Would you say Rafa or not? Tell me, be honest. Mate, you know what? Obviously, we'd prefer somebody else, wouldn't we? Yeah. We, 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 want, we don't want Rafa in, you know what I mean? He said the same thing about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. But, but, but you know. Uh, also, what I see, I'm trying to look at the old picture, and I, I think we just need we need to get somebody in, mate. And if they're talking to him, it looks like they're going to have him in, doesn't yeah. it? It looks so, like it, yeah. You know, well, he lives in Liverpool. He's proven class. He's mate. He's, he's a winner. Can he, can he improve he's, your club? He's, he's a winner. You know what I mean? But he, I mean, he's if if he doesn't do good, he's just gonna it'll, it'll turn bad on him really quickly, mate. Yeah, you know what I mean? so that's so the problem. He's got to do good. He's got to do good, mate. But. You know, has he still got it in the tank? You know what I mean? He's only, yeah, uh, well, he was in China last week, wasn't he? He was at Newcastle. Yeah. And then he was in China or something. But hey, listen, so, in a yes or no answer, would you take him? <laughs> I'm going to get Logan to stick with this, but look, just get someone in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, the question. Listen, it's been an absolute honour after the pitch, guys. Listen, 
Speedo Mick, Mick Cullen, absolute legend, given the, the key of the world. I'm honoured and privileged. We've had we've had some big names in this podcast, and I have to say, it's the first one we've done face to face for a long time. And oh, I'm privileged and honoured. And thank you so 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 much. Thank you, thank you so much, Mick. You've been a legend. Thanks for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.